I hope you all appreciate what I had to go through to sync the sound for this episode. <laughs> I did not make it easy on myself. <laughs> Welcome to Under the Bridge, and I hope everybody had a happy Christmas if that's your thing, or the day off, if not, and you got the day off. Welcome to Under the Bridge, everyone. I echo those fellow sentiments alongside any holidays you decided to celebrate over the week. Yeah. Anyways, I'm Cody, a.k.a. the Scarlet Troll. And I am Greg, a.k.a. Greg. And it's gonna be a short week this week. Hmm. Gonna jump right into it. Yes, sir. Apparently the source code with an editing tool for Rayman 4 leaked online. That seems to be happening a lot lately. <laughs> for old games? Well, for games in general, I feel like I'm yeah. seeing more stuff about that between like this and Grand Theft Auto and whatnot. Well, in this case, what happened was Rayman 4 ended up turning into Raving Rabbids. Oh, okay. Yeah, this is an old game. Huh. Apparently there was a level called Sphincter Cell. <laughs> okay. I'm assuming that didn't make the final cut. <laughs> well, the game never got made, so... Oh, fair. <laughs> no. No, it did not make the cut. The whole game didn't make the final cut. <laughs> they kicked it right in the Sphincter Cell. <laughs> Boy, howdy. Hmm. Still, that's crazy. I miss mm. Rayman. I have never touched the games, although, even though I've never touched the games, there was kind of a moment of, okay, you kind of lost me when I saw the Raving Rabbids Mario, like, crossover games. Well, yeah, but that's barely Rayman anymore. Yeah, well, that's kind of the thing that made me go, okay, you kind of lost me, because I... I know nothing about the series, like, I don't even know what really genre those games occupy, but it's like, yeah, this is not the crossover I think of when I think of either of these IPs on their own. <laughs> no, of course not. Mm. I've only ever played the first Rayman, and I never even beat it, but I still mm. have fond memories. And I still have the game, somewhere, I think. <laughs> we gotta figure out where that went. Right. Still, interesting, who knows, maybe if Ubisoft sees enough interest generated from this, they'll get off their butts and make another Rayman game. I mean, I would say fingers crossed, but... I doubt it. Yeah, this is unfortunately Ubisoft we're talking about. When have they ever had a good idea? <laughs> okay, Assassin's Creed. I mean, very, very niche, but I would say that the crew games are were very novel ideas. Yeah, fair. I want to establish, I mean Assassin's Creed the game series, not the movie. <laughs> not the movie. <laughs> not the movie! Not the movie! God, I can't... God, I convinced you to go see that movie, too. You did. How <laughs> dare you? Was that one of? The... No, we're not gonna get into that. I, let's just say to kind of give a little extra context. In the first year, I knew this man. I convinced these people to see some, and even by my own admittance, very questionable movies. Wait, when did Assassin's Creed the movie come out? Was that? I want to say that was not too long after we first like met each other. I mean, it was bad regardless. That was like, 2016. That's... Wasn't that recent? Oh, never mind. It was okay. bad regardless. Like, let's make no bones about it, people. No, it was bad. It doesn't matter when it came out. It was a bad movie. Yeah. Still, can't believe I convinced you to go see that. <laughs> oh, boy. It's not as surprising as Fate of the Furious. Uh, fair. <laughs> fair. That is completely fair. I'm gonna put the Marvel news before the DC news. Hmm. We may have yet another confirmation hint of Eternals 2 happening. Is there going to be another awkward sex scene? God, I hope so. <laughs> Why do you hope so? <laughs> because it's really funny to me, okay? 
I mean, it's the only thing that's funny to me about that whole sequence was, and I know we've talked about this, how parents probably took their kids to this movie seeing like, oh, it's a Marvel movie. This would be good for the, oh, <laughs> it's like, oh, no. <laughs> Just think that one theater hopping family of assholes who tried to take our seats had to sit through that. Mm. <laughs> how funny is that? Very. Right. Anyways, the actual kind of sort of news. Mm. It comes from a listing from Big Punch Entertainment, the management agency of Ma Dong Seok, aka Don Lee, the actor who plays Gilgamesh, and I apologize mm. for the pronunciation, because mm-hmm. I'm sure it was terrible. <laughs> as most of my non-English pronunciations are. Yeah. But, translated, it says, currently he's filming Criminal City 4, Holy Night, Demon Hunters, Wilderness, and Criminal City 3 are about to be released, and Eternals 2 and other global projects he'll be appearing in are planned to be produced. Hmm. So it's not a direct confirmation that it's happening, but it is a confirmation that talks are happening, at least. Yeah. There is a plan for an Eternals 2. Alright, well, let's see where that goes. Yeah, I didn't hate Eternals. I thought it was quite good. A little too long. (laughs) It was... It was very long. <laughs> Maybe put its focus on the wrong characters. Man, I still have mixed feelings about the movie overall. Like, I don't think it was, like, the worst Marvel movie. Oh, no, of course not. It's not Love and Thunder. Yeah. I mean, for me, I don't know. I mean, Love and Thunder was definitely bad, but I don't still don't know what I would pick as my worst one. But that movie was just strange to me just because it felt like it was a constant roller coaster of, okay, what the hell, too. Okay, kind of interesting. Like, the biggest contrast for me in that movie was the whole... Hiroshima scene <laughs> because it's like because it's like when the, when that uh, happens I forget the character's name Fastos yeah when Fastos is there it's like I can't believe I let this happen I can't believe I like humanity is horrible I'm just sitting there like yeah 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 no <laughs> it's, it's like pretty bad as a history nerd especially a history nerd who believes that that was the best bad option I very much cannot, like, argue against his feelings there. But it's like, okay, moving scene, genuinely interesting, and I feel this character. And then when we get to the main conflict, the main heroine who's, like, supposed to save everything just starts running. (laughs) I know everyone has a specific power, so that's why that was the case. But it was just one of those things where it's like, God, it's hard for me to take this very seriously right now. (laughs) Remember when Druid hit Sprite in the head with a rock? (laughs) <laughs> that too <laughs> that was really funny that was really funny but it was just one of those things where most powerful beings in the marvel universe that we know of probably gets taken out by a rock <laughs> what is is this new yeah because because i hate it <laughs> i mean i'd be lying if i said i didn't feel that at times <laughs> it is interesting though because Don Lee being back for Eternals 2 implies one of two things. Either one, more flashbacks, or two, (laughs) they're bringing back Gilgamesh. Mm. That's really easy to do considering they're basically robots. Yeah. Give us more Salma Hayek, you cowards. (laughs) So that's Eternals 2. Fair. (laughs) Here's hoping it happens. Zachary Levi, the actor who plays Shazam, the adult, not the kid. The adult form, not the kid. He doesn't play the wizard. That's Jamon Hansu. God, this is confusing. In an Instagram live video, he came to the defense of James Gunn and Peter Safran, saying, You have no idea the reasonings behind any of the decisions that are going on, the amount of conjecture and rumor mill and drama and nonsense that keeps getting spun around out there on Instagram and Twitter is laughable. It is unbelievably laughable. 
So I would just say be patient, give them some space and some time to try and really make something special. And I think something that DC deserves to have, and something that Snyder tried to do, and it just didn't ultimately materialize, guys. He added the co-CEOs are not just making decisions because they like someone or don't like someone. They're making decisions based on what is best for Warner Brothers DC, that entire studio and entity, and trying to make as many fans as much of an audience happy as they can. Fair? Yeah. It should be noted, Levi has no idea if he's coming back. Hmm. He also said, I think I'm in a pretty good position. I think we made a great movie. I think it's going to do well, reasonably well, I hope so. But again, regardless of that, if they decide at some point that this is the way we gotta go, them's the breaks, that's how it goes. I mean, I guess if anything, that makes me feel like that statement is more genuine then, because he he understands it's like, okay, well, yeah, I do have skin in the game, but that doesn't mean anything truly. Yeah, he basically seems to be coming at it from a perspective of, if this is where Shazam ends, it was a good run. Yeah, which, again, fair, completely fair. Yep, I hope they continue. I want at least one more Shazam movie so they can give me Mr. Mind, you cowards! <laughs> Fingers crossed. Were you there the first time that I saw Shazam at theaters? I don't think you were. No, I don't think I got the chance to see it right away. Either way, I was bouncing around in my seat like an idiot. <laughs> at the sight of this little caterpillar talking through a voice box. Because mm. just, ah! I never thought they would. And they might not still. I mean, I think I went with you when I did eventually see it, and you weren't as excited, but I was just like, what is- I, granted, with my general lack of comic book anything, I was looking at that going, what the fuck is that, and it's why should I take that? It's a caterpillar, what is wrong with you? <laughs> I think you actually did say that. <laughs> what the fuck is this, and why should I take this seriously? <laughs> Only one of the most powerful telepaths in the entire DC universe, and a total asshole. Hmm. <laughs> so that was nice of him to do mm. just come out and say yeah guys you don't know the plan just give it some time which right. is fair because it's it's real easy to just hear oh this isn't happening that isn't happening and start to freak out but we don't have the concrete slate yet mm. tell you one thing that's not coming out oh boy black adam 2 oh has that officially been shit canned yeah, in a statement, Dwayne Johnson wrote, James Gunn and I connected, and Black Adam will not be in their first chapter of storytelling. <laughs> it seems like a really conflicting, like, first and second half of that sentence. <laughs> However, DC and Seven Bucks have agreed to continue exploring the most valuable ways Black Adam can be utilized in future DC multiverse chapters. What? What? It it means they're not <laughs> going to do anything, but they might bring him back if they s decide to do the DC version of Secret Wars. Okay. A.K.A. Crisis on Infinite Earths, that thing that I should probably do a poorly explained comics on that I keep trying to build up to. The problem is, I have to actually sit down and read Crisis on Infinite Earths so I know what's important, and god boy howdy, it's a slog. I was say, I'm pretty sure I remember you saying that it's kind of bad. It's not even that it's bad, it's just... It's just... It's, dense and it's heavy and you know it's all just gonna lead to the multiverse blowing up anyway and it's just the start of this horrible spiral of dc continuity housekeeping bullshit so why the fuck should i care that sounds like the empanadas i made last week what <laughs> explain <laughs> bad joke <laughs> No, now you have to explain it. <laughs> uh, I mean, it was kind of like, when you say it's like, it's dense and heavy and all that, it was like, okay, heavy food joke somewhere, and it's like, and all the bullshit DC is like, I'm still gonna stick with this joke. <laughs> okay, that's fine then. 
Way to go. You actually, you stumped me. <laughs> Excellent. I'm happy to hear that, I think. Yeah. Hmm. Anyways, the hierarchy of power in the DC Universe is changing just without The Rock. And to that I say, yeah, sounds about right. Yeah. We just got another new debunk of a rumor today. Hmm. There was a rumor that got picked up that was saying that the Green Lantern series for HBO Max had been scrapped, but that James Gunn had other plans for Green Lantern, including a film appearance. And just today, Gunn went on Twitter and just said one word. Fake. Okay. So presumably that means that show is still moving forward, which is kind of baffling to me. I don't understand why you would pour all that money into an HBO Max series instead of giving the Green Lanterns, you know, a movie. Yeah. A little weird, if you ask me, but hey, you know what? I'm not making the rules. They might be, like, trying to stop another Catwoman situation, because I don't know, like, how far into production it was or wasn't. We were like, okay, this time, even though we did this before, this time we have actually put enough money into this that we've passed the point of no return, so we might as well finish it. Well, they hadn't started filming yet, I mm. don't think. When you're just in the planning stages, if you're at a point in the planning stages where you've spent too much money to go back, you're in the wrong business. <laughs> Um, mm. Still, though, I won't knock it. At least not on principle. <laughs> Even if I think it's baffling and confusing. We'll knock it silently. <laughs> yeah, I'll just judge it internally. <laughs> As God intended. As God intended, sure. And now, a grim, potentially grim. Either way, it's stupid. This is a stupid thing. Hmm. So... In January, two Anna de Armas fans filed a lawsuit involving the film Yesterday, which was about a world where the Beatles don't exist, or... I think we saw a trailer for that at some point. Yeah, that sounds familiar. Allegedly, they rented the movie after seeing de Armas in the trailer, only to discover she was cut out of the final film. Hmm. Universal tried to get it thrown out, arguing that trailers are entitled to broad protection under the First Amendment. But, a federal judge just ruled on Tuesday that a trailer is commercial speech and is subject to the California false advertising law and the state's unfair competition law. Okay, I'm not versed on legalese, but even I feel like that's a little bit of a stretch. Well, I, I don't know, because, okay, it's it's stupid because they paid three ninety nine for the movie and they're in a class action lawsuit seeking $5 million. Yeah, that's dumb. That's fucking stupid. But say you go see a movie. Mm-hmm. Because you saw something in the trailer that really piqued your interest. Hmm. And then it turns out that thing from the trailer isn't in the movie. Hmm. Is that false advertising? Arguably, it, 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 I don't know, I'm not a lawyer. I... <laughs> but I can see an argument to be made that it's deceptive, at the least. Uh, so the problem with me is that I completely understand that. But also the part of my brain that understands, in terms of like not just movies, but music, TV, video games, stuff like that, that things hit the cutting room floor all the time, even some stuff that's like shown in like concepts. So I guess it's one of those things where for me, I get it, but I also kind of can't help myself but go, it's like, yeah, that kind of comes with the territory. True, true, because movies do make cuts all the time, so that's another fair point. I feel like they could probably get around it by just throwing up a disclaimer at the end of a trailer. Yeah, I mean, 
as much as I kind of hate to give it credibility, I guess it's a different thing if an actual entire person who's shown in the trailer has been cut out altogether. I would say that's a bit more tangible than, like, a particular scene or something like that, so... Well, look at it this way. Here's an example. Avengers Infinity War. Mm -hmm. There was that trailer shot of all the heroes in Wakanda charging to fight Thanos' forces, and among them was the Hulk. Mm. But in the movie proper, it's actually Banner in the Hulkbuster suit because Hulk refuses to come out. Oh, that's right. Yeah, now, I'm not saying I agree with this, but I am saying if you went to go see it because you're a big Hulk fan and you want to see the Hulk running in with the other heroes, you're going to feel maybe a little bit cheated. Hmm. I'm not saying it entitles you to $5 million, but... <laughs> no, no, it doesn't. As if, if anything, I guess you could say it entitles you to a refund? <laughs> yeah. If anything. So, that's a new bit of... stupid. Hmm. But then again, it is Anadharma, so... <laughs> if I went to go see a movie just for Anadharmas and she got cut, I'd be mad. Yeah, that's fair. There's There is not enough of her, ever. <laughs> Honestly, I'm kind of mad she wasn't in No Time to Die more. Yeah, no, she I, she was very much, even though it was just a short cameo thing, this movie's pretty good overall, but you are actually the best part of this movie. She was pretty heavily advertised. Greg, we yeah. need to sue. <laughs> I went to go see No Time to Die for Anna de Armas, and she had a very minimal role in this movie. How much do you, two dollars. <laughs> two dollars, please. But a movie ticket cost, don't tell me how to live. I know that the thing with James Bond is that Whenever there's a new 007 or Bond or what have you, it's a completely different continuity. But I am kind of like, okay, please actually bring her back. It wasn't even just a short cameo for Streets and Gills. Like, it was actually, like, a legitimately great part of the movie. Hmm. Trailer time? Sure. It's a very slim pickings week for trailers. Oh, yeah. The only real theatrical trailer was Knock at the Cabin that I could find. Okay, because I was going to say, of the three, when I was watching the... I don't know which one we want to talk about first. Might as well talk about Knock at the Cabin, I guess. Yeah, this actually looks significantly more interesting now. Really? It lost a lot of interest for me. I mean, it lost a lot of interest for me as well, but... So with the initial trailer, when they when Dave Bautista and all of them like break into the cabin and just and just say you have to make a choice to sacrifice somebody or else the apocalypse will happen, it's like okay, considering who's making this movie, I just could not take it seriously at all, and I still don't. But it, when it shows, it's like okay, no, there's actually like stakes on the table. It's like all right, now now there's actually something rolling here. It still looks stupid, but. I'm at least a little bit more interested because now it's like, okay, this isn't complete nuttiness. It's complete nuttiness that actually exists, if that makes sense. I don't know. I feel like the complete nuttiness would have made it better. And I'm not saying, I'm not saying I hate the idea of it actually being an apocalypse, but I hate taking the ambiguity out of it. Mm. I like the idea of you have no way of verifying if they're telling the truth because you're isolated and cut off. And all you really know is they're holding you captive and they're violent. And who knows, maybe they'll kill you if you don't. Mm. So do you do it under that circumstance? When it's the entire world at stake, that's really hokey and weird. And it's got me questioning what the hell is going on. And not in a good way, in a yeah. what the fuck is this kind of way. Yeah, because that was my other thing too when I was watching. It's like, okay, so the whole world is actually going through an apocalypse. 
And, you know, these people have been chosen to make this really horrible decision. How the fuck did these people, of the literal 8 billion people on the planet, become our lucky winners? Right? You start questioning the logistics of it too much. Yeah. And then it turns into, do I want to sit through the couple of hours it's going to take to explain this? I don't know. Uh, this is very much one where... I know I've said for some trailers in the past that I've had morbid curiosity in the movie because of the trailer, but that's at least because I can see something in the trailer where, even if it's not great, I can find something to enjoy myself with. This is one of those ones where I don't think I would enjoy it, but it really is just like I have so many questions about the logistics and the series of events that I can't help myself but be curious, but I also don't think I'd actually like it, or any answer I'd get for that matter. <laughs> yeah, it's a case of, I don't think there's anything with this setup that is going to be satisfying. Mm -hmm. So I might as well just tune out. Yeah. Because now the mystery's gone. Now it's not a question of, is this real? Are these people just crazy? Now it's a question of, are they willing to go through with it? Right. I don't know. Maybe. Depends on what else is out that weekend. Also, I think I've become a little bit numb to movie marketing and stuff like that, mostly because of the bit in the trailer where the one woman's going, I have a son, he's going to die. I'm like, shut the fuck up. <laughs> yeah, that was not particularly convincing. No. <laughs> it's like, oh, there's the heartstrings, a uh, shut up movie. <laughs> We're already seeing the tornado and the plane falling out of the sky. No, it wasn't yeah. a tsunami. That's the one. <laughs> It was actually a thing of when I was watching the trailer and that and she said that I did actually say out loud, shut the hell up. And I thought, holy shit, I'm a horrible person. <laughs> but a very savvy moviegoer. Yeah. Congratulations. <laughs> Is that something worth being congratulated over? <laughs> no. Okay. But I'm going to do it anyway, because you're my mm. friend. I appreciate it. I am so sorry for putting Detective Knight Independence <laughs> On this list. <laughs> so I've never seen any of the movies in this series. They have all come out in the span of one year, apparently. Really? This is the third movie, and the other two came out this past year. Why do I get the feeling that this is one of those series that does better in Hong Kong or something like this? I don't know. Did you hear the audio? It, uh, it's bad. <laughs> it's bad. You yeah. should not be able to tell... That the sound editing is bad from a trailer. Yeah, no. Yeah, when I saw this I was and I was watching the trailer, it was kind of thinking like, okay, why did Cody pick this? I just like genuinely Because confused. I saw Bruce Willis, so I thought the production value would be better, okay? <laughs> Fair. So I just looked it up just to double check that these were all made in a year. And you are correct. These are all made within a year. Released, technically. Or released, which is shocking. But not as shocking as the box office for these movies, apparently. Oh. So, Independence, which was... Oh, wait, That's no. not out yet. Oh, that's the one that's coming out. Whoops. Rogue, which was the first one, at least according to Wikipedia, guess what the box office listed is? $20. <laughs> if only. No, definitely a lot higher than that. $20,000. Times four. $80,000. Close enough, 86000 Nice. And then Redemption, which was the sequel to that, had a box office of 158000 My god. Yeah, and it looks like both movies got limited 
theatrical releases and mostly have DVD, Blu-ray, and VOD releases, but it's like, I'm pretty confident that even, like, limited release movies that we've never heard of with lesser-known actors still raked in more money than that. Yeah, probably. So that's, that was kind of sad. <laughs> What's even sadder is this is probably gonna end up being one of Bruce Willis's last movies. Yeah. Yippee-ki-yay, motherfucker. Yeah, this man has not aged well after his diagnosis. And it's unfortunate of what he's been diagnosed with. Oh, absolutely horrible. Wouldn't wish that on anybody. No, but yeah, when I was Maybe watching Maybe a couple it... people. <laughs> Sorry, go ahead. When I was watching the trailer, for the first half of it, I was like, okay, who actually is this? And I went, wait, shit, is that Bruce Willis? And it shows Bruce Willis like, oh, no. Right? <laughs> Oh, you poor thing. <laughs> Terrible. Uh. So, yeah, I'm probably not seeing this, even if it no. gets a theatrical release near us. Yeah, I, I have no interest in seeing it either. Well, good for both of us. We won't have to, probably. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> Ends up being the only good thing coming out in a particular week. I doubt that very much. Yeah, same. I also added a trailer for There's Something Wrong With The Children. So this is not a movie. I mean, it's a movie. Really? Yeah. With all the camera shots, I was like, it's like, there's no way this is a movie. This is like a TV show or a miniseries. It's releasing digitally, but it's a movie. Oh, okay. Eh. Unfortunately, the thing that took me out of it was, like, a lot of the camera shots, because they were very... I don't mean this in a bad way, because I know that this is not the only show that does this, because it's kind of standard, but the way the camera shots and all that were, it reminded me a lot of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Ha! Yeah, and it's... You, you know what I'm talking about, right? <laughs> yeah, it's got that very network television yeah. suspense angle going on. Yeah, and this and by the way, this is not a, a knock against Ages of S.H.I.E.L.D. Because for the most part, Ages of S.H.I.E.L.D. was a great time. But it, even if it's digital only, this does not look like it was shot with the thought process of, this is actually a movie. <laughs> yeah, if you put the Ages of S.H.I.E.L.D. cast and the way that they're filmed side by side up against the Avengers, I would probably go cross-eyed. Yeah, exactly. Otherwise, this is one of those things where I should be interested in the premise, but I'm really not. <laughs> I feel like for me, the difficult thing about trying to make children the monster is I have a really hard time picturing children as being any kind of actual threat. Mm. Which I know I shouldn't, because children can be vicious motherfuckers sometimes. Yeah. But, I don't know. It's just hard to take seriously a little bit. Yeah. At first I thought this was an adaptation of a Stephen King movie or something based on the logo font. Mm-hmm. Turns out it's not. Even though I know nothing about the game, I was like kind of thinking of myself as like, is this like a TV film adaptation of the Rule of Rose video game or something like that? What the? <laughs> I've never played the game, but I remember it being a whole thing about, I guess people thought that you played as like children who murdered people. Huh. And it caused like a whole tizzy. So I was like, for whatever reason, that popped in my head as I was watching the trailer. It's like, where is this going? Because this is kind of the bad press vibe of meaning about Rule of Rose. And then it continued. It's like, okay, I'm just getting nothing from this now. Never mind. <laughs> a tizzy, you say. That's a word. And a tizzy indeed. Oh boy. Yeah, I don't know about this one. I just put it on mm. the list because it was a horror movie and I was desperate. <laughs> Fair. And that desperation has only increased because I cannot find concrete numbers for this weekend's box office. Historically speaking, do movies usually have a significant drop during Christmas week, or is it an uptick because of, like, people being off and whatnot? Oh, no, this weekend got hammered. Oh, really? 
giant winter storm across the country. What do you think? Oh, fair. <laughs> Here's what I do know. Avatar won. Oh, well, fucking course it did. <laughs> it won, and it's closing in on $880-900 million worldwide. Okay. Which, for its second week, is damn impressive. Yeah. It should be noted, apparently, and I missed this previously, James Cameron has said that apparently it needs to make $2 billion to be considered a success. Holy shit. Which is insanity. Wait, I'm sorry, what... Has the most profitable movie ever broken $2 billion? Yeah. Oh, okay. Avatar did that. Endgame oh, did it. No okay. Way Home did it. But it's still a very short list. I think if you account for inflation, Gone with the Wind did it. Okay, fair. <laughs> I don't remember, though. <laughs> but I think it might not be a strict, it has to make that much to make money. I think it might be a, it has to make that to convince Disney that the franchise is worth continuing. Hmm. Because... Say you make the highest grossing movie of all time, technically. Mm-hmm. And then you make a sequel, and then the sequel only makes, like, a billion. Right. That's not bad, but it doesn't speak well to the idea of making more. Mm. I don't think Avatar's gonna have any problem making more than a billion. It'll, it might even hit two billion, because it's not like it's got a lot of competition for a while. Oh, God, yeah, and I, I just, sorry, I know this is bad to do during the show, but I just wrote up, like, the first one made nearly $3 billion. Yeah. Okay. Over like 11 months, but who's counting? <laughs> Fair. And re-releases. Mm. But that's neither here nor there. Right. Puss in Boots also did nowhere near as good. Mm. Uh, it's sitting somewhere around shy of $60 million worldwide. Hmm. That's against a $130 million budget, however, like Avatar, it doesn't have much in the way of competition in its niche for a while, because okay. there's no family movies to take the kids to coming out in theaters for a bit. Okay. Third place was Whitney Houston, I Want to Dance with Somebody. I think that's coming in at around $10 million-ish worldwide. Okay. But that's a $45 million budget. That one's probably not going to make an awful lot. Yeah, I have a hard time seeing that happening. Fourth place, as near as I can tell, was Babylon, which only took in about three and a half million dollars. <laughs> and hasn't released internationally yet. Oh, okay. And cost 80 million to produce. <laughs> this, what is with this? I feel like there's been, Grant, this year is the first time I've really been aware of, especially the whole thing of movies coming out weekly, but I feel like there's a lot of movies that are just not even close to making money. Well, I feel like, a lot of the problem is just the general struggle that theaters are having, where you really have to sell the idea that something needs to be seen in theaters, otherwise people will just wait for the home release. Fair. And also in this case, again, giant winter storm across the country. Fair. <laughs> and also I feel like there wasn't a lot of marketing for this one. Hmm. But I do feel bad because it's Margot Robbie and I do want to see it because I love me some Margot Robbie, but also it's a three-hour long movie. <laughs> you know what? I actually saw... A small clip of the movie in front of a video I watched on YouTube. And I think other than, because I'm pretty sure we watched a trailer for one of the episodes. Other than us watching a trailer for it, I think that's the first time I've ever seen anything about the movie outside of like us talking about it. Like in terms, in terms of like ads or commercials or anything like that. It's like, God, where's the marketing for this? <laughs> yeah, I've already forgotten if we did see a trailer for Babylon in front of any of these. Hmm. Huh. 
And then, okay, this is this is where I really decided to just throw my hands up in the air and say I'm not going to say any concrete numbers. I can't figure out who's in fifth place. Hmm. Because apparently Violent Knight and Black Panther Wakanda Forever are duking it out. Oh, so the menu's probably been knocked out of the top five? The menu's definitely been knocked out. Okay. Now it's a question of, from what I can tell, it sounds like Violent Knight might have taken it by a little less than a hundred thousand? Yes, I've ha- I have my decimals correct. Is it bad that even though I really enjoyed Wakanda Forever, I do want Violent Knight to be the one to win that? <laughs> no, that's fair. I mean, and it's it sucks, because Black Panther Wakanda Forever was a really good movie. It's just also one that doesn't really encourage repeat viewings, because it's sad. Yeah. It's very profoundly sad. <laughs> it's very sad indeed. And it's stressful. Mm. <laughs> and it's 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 kind of miserable and sad, <laughs> but it's good. It is good. It's it is so good. good. It is genuinely very good. But like, yeah, no, it is actually kind of a stressful movie to watch now that I think about it. Because <laughs> there's not a lot of jokes in it, and most of the jokes are tinged with these are people mourning. Mm. Most of it comes from Mbaku, like the fishman. <laughs> God, I love him. He's so oh good. yes. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that was kind of this weekend's box office. <laughs> and I didn't get a chance to see anything in theaters because, well, everything was either super long or it was Puss in Boots. Or it was, <laughs> or it was only showing downtown and I didn't feel like going downtown on Christmas weekend because that's its own kind of fresh hell. Yeah, especially with, I mean, this is more of a me problem, but especially with how absolutely frigid cold it's been here, too. We say, like, it's not worse everywhere else. It is worse everywhere else, but we are Florida man men, so. <laughs> well, I am Florida man. I'm basically Florida man at this point. I've lost all of my cold tolerance. Yeah, and then, of course, the one thing that I did actually want to see, never got a chance to, that wasn't in theaters because Christmas things, and... Don't get me wrong, I enjoy celebrating Christmas with the people that I love dearly, but it's like, shoot, the thing I actually wanted to see, I never got a chance to see. <laughs> but I did watch on Netflix Glass Onion, a Knives Out mystery, which you mm-hmm. did not. No, that was the thing I wanted to see. <laughs> and unfortunately, that means I can't go into details about this movie at all, which means that this is going to be a very limited review of Glass Onion. Here's my take. It's good. Mm. It's not as good as the first one. I'm not surprised to hear that. I kind of figured that seeing the trailer not as like, while not as egregious, I figured it was going to be another like Kingsman type of situation where the first movie was so great. It's like I have a very hard time seeing the sequel like come close to that. Oh, yeah, no, because it's, it's not Kingsman the Golden Circle bad mm-hmm. or the King's Man bad. <laughs> Hitler in a post credit scene. <laughs> I, 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 I don't remember. I'm pretty sure I got mad at that. I hope I got I hope mad so. at that. Yeah, I'm, I've, I I want to say because I think I called it too. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Yeah, and I was like, no, stop, movie. I was making a joke. <laughs> this is really hard to talk about because I feel like any broader points I want to make about the things that I like or the things that didn't necessarily work are going to mm. spoil it in some way. And that's the nature of a whodunit, unfortunately. They took it in a direction where I feel like it didn't do them any favors, but it was interesting. Because it's a direction that you don't typically see in these whodunit murder mystery movies. 
Mm. Also, it's clearly a movie that was made with the 2020s in mind. Okay, this part I could say because it's not really a spoiler. <laughs> and I find this interesting. This is a movie that actually does not shy away from the pandemic. Really? People are wearing masks. The pandemic is clearly going on. There's a workaround partway through the movie that I'm not going to say what it is. And it's really funny in hindsight. But... Yeah, no, it, it it's interesting, because it's a thing that doesn't really, and it's actually, okay, this one's maybe a minor thing, but they actually show that some people are not adjusting super well to having been quarantined for a bit. I'm not going to say mm. who, but it's really funny. <laughs> okay. I mean, that's kind of cool. Good cast. Some utilized better than others. <laughs> oh, boy. Yeah. <laughs> well, I can't. I can't say who's underutilized. No, I know give you the can't game say. Away. It's like internally, I'm making a couple guesses already, but it's like, yeah, I can see that. Yeah, right. It's like, what, what can I possibly tell you? That's not going to give the game away. Okay, there is one quote-unquote <laughs> celebrity. Okay. Who I want to see their reaction to this movie, <laughs> and I'm not okay. going to say who it is because if I say who it is. You will identify the character straight away, and you will probably guess why I think it would be funny to get their take on it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but I want to see it. Alrighty. But I also don't, because it's probably going to be cringe. <sighs> this is also, like the first Knives Out, a case of, I guessed who did it, but I got everything wrong. Okay. <laughs> It's a case of I can tell who did it, but I can't. I can't put the pieces together. I mean, I feel feel like that's kind of encouraging because I think when I first saw Knives Out, I knew. I guess it's like one of those things where it's like, okay, I know who did it, but I also hope I'm wrong because it just seems way too easy. But then when everything was explained, it's like, okay, you know what? That gets a pass. That very much gets a pass. That was good. <laughs> Yeah, because, spoilers for the first Knives Out if you haven't seen it, if, just, just go see, watch them back to back at this point if you haven't seen the first one, they're both good, but, yeah, I knew it was Ransom, I just couldn't, I started shifting away from it just because I couldn't rationalize how he could have gotten away with it, mm. so I was like, it can't possibly, no, 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 and then the shoe <laughs> dropped and I was just like, ah, I knew it! <laughs> No, for me, it's like, I I, was, I think I was like, okay, if there's anyone who did it, it's him. But I have no way how, like, seeing it how. It would just be too stereotypical to have the narcissistic asshole do it. And it's like, alright, this is a really smart narcissistic asshole. <laughs> Shit. Yeah. <laughs> and then he gets tackled. <laughs> that was pretty great. That was really good. Anyways, no, this second one is also good. It's, I can't figure out why I don't like it as much, aside from it's just not as fresh when you come in with expectations. I mean, if there was anything from, like, the marketing and the trailers that did kind of put me off a little bit, it is, I think one of the things that I enjoyed very much about the first one was the overall, like, premise and setup of very high-class but narcissistic family but the center of attention in the main character is, we'll say, an actual human being. And so I feel like there was a little bit like, okay, this is person is relatable, and I can kind of insert myself with them a little bit. And there are certain things about both of those worlds 
that clash together that make it one really funny but also a lot more interesting with at least the way that that, um glass and was presented in the trailers it's like okay everyone here is just high society maniacs and i'm like ah that's not as fun though you know what i'll say that spirit is still there i won't say how okay but yeah that's a very abbreviated glass onion review it's still funny daniel craig is still knocking it out of the park (laughs) <laughs> they got Hugh Grant to play, uh, I'm not going to say who, but they got Hugh Grant in this movie. Okay. It's making people really mad. Oh, really? Oh, I want to see it even more then. <laughs> yeah, because it's the, it's the squad of fuckboys who would get really upset at what the first Knives Out was about. Mm. Who are going to be really mad at Hugh Grant. Mm, that's encouraging. That's spicy. It makes spicy. me really, really fun. Oh, Halle Berry, that's spicy. <laughs> Uh, but no, it was a good time. It's worth checking out. It's long, but you don't really feel it. Mm. Okay. I, I watched it with my dad for Christmas, and then at a certain point, I glanced over and I just went, the murder hasn't even happened yet. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm not mad. Mm. I'm just confused. <laughs> okay. And ultimately, it has a pretty spectacular finale. Alrighty. So that's neat. I guess that about wraps us up for this week. Yes, indeed. Next week, I have no idea. Maybe White Noise, maybe what we most liked in 2022. Ah. I've got another thing coming in the works, along with the Poorly Explained comics, that I hope everybody will enjoy. But we'll see. In any case, thanks for listening. Make sure to like, comment, subscribe, share it, follow it. We're on Facebook. Make sure to hit that button. Hit the bell. I don't know. This has been Under the Bridge. This has been Under the Bridge, people. Okay, bye. Okay, bye.